then I'd wake up in the middle of the night and there'd be some crazy, creepy <laughs> dude coming up the stairs. <laughs> this episode, we're joined by Jason Ogden of Penny Blacks. We talk a bit about his many projects over the years and how his love of music drives him in life. And of course, let's just hear a few tunes from projects over the years. So sit back, sip your poison, enjoy the ride. I'm Kalen Capson, and this is the Peg and Place Podcast. Welcome to the Big List. Thanks for having me. So I always start off with the same question. Okay. What do you love about music? A lot of things. One of the, the main things over the years that it's done for me is obviously it's been like a way to connect and interact with people socially, which I'm not that good at without some sort of excuse or, or something driving me to do it sort of thing. And I think a lot of people, artists and musicians are the same way. So it's we're all drawn to each other, you know. So that's definitely one thing that's like, I probably wouldn't have as many friends as I do or get out and do things as much as I do without music. I'm not good at painting. I'm not a very good illustrator. (laughs) So it was like uh, something I've, since I was a kid, uh, I like to write like stories, poems, whatever. So when I picked up a guitar, just went hand in hand with the writing. So I like that aspect of it, that it gives me quote unquote artistic outlet for, um, for taking something I've written and um, not having really for the most part to uh depend on anybody else to put it out there like if if i wrote a short story or say a novel or like a bunch of poems i have to find somebody to to publish it or you know to a magazine or something and and back in the day it was a lot of like stamps and letters and rejection letters and all that sort of thing now it's a lot lot easier and you can obviously like publish your own stuff pretty cheaply but for me it was like what's a way to sort of write stuff what's a vehicle to, to actually launch it and make something that I can put out there and and and, rec- and record and like kind of step back and look at this this thing you know that I've created or listen to it yeah. sort of thing yeah yeah I like that I like that you know you can do something fairly quickly all on your own that and you have something I don't want to call it a product but you have something at the end of the day to exist that didn't before sort of thing mm. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the same for me I think when it comes to music like it's if I wasn't into music and wasn't playing music and interested in recording it that i definitely wouldn't know as many people as i know and no. wouldn't get out nearly as much as i do no me neither like um if it wasn't for music i would absolutely be a recluse like, yeah I me just... too yeah and then like if it you know you could take it a step further and be like okay no music i'm not getting out i'm not meeting people then i'm i'm home being a recluse and if i'm not into music what am i doing i guess i'm reading a lot of books watch a lot of netflix but I, I listen to a lot of records and albums yeah. right when I'm uh, on my own. So like, yeah, if, if I wasn't into music, I might be further into, I guess, just reading and maybe just writing yeah. prose or fiction or whatever. But yeah, it has so many interesting effects on your life if you sort of like get right into it, eh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Where along the line did music enter your life? Like- Parents were both huge music fans growing up. So there was always like music in my house. My dad had a lot of records when I was a kid, and he uh, he was a musician. So he would 
him and his friends would jam in the basement and uh my parents would always go out when i was younger to we lived in hampton and they'd go to st john to uh see bands play like in bars and stuff and my dad knew a lot of musicians and stuff so there'd always be bands coming back and crashing at our house and i'd wake up in the middle of the night and there'd be some crazy creepy <laughs> dude coming up the stairs <laughs> and just my dad was a huge huge fan of music so that rubbed off on me it's kind of through my parents that, that it started and when i was in high school i sort of was a recluse and and wasn't very social and you know didn't have a lot of sort of like social opportunities and i just picked up my dad's old classical guitar one day and started messing with it it's a good start yeah <laughs> that's probably that age i think for a lot of people well maybe not with the early introduction but sitting at home a little bit recluse at least yeah. a lot of the people i know i think yeah along those lines I think people who are the sometimes the most shy and reclusive often have a lot to say, a lot to offer. They just need a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's probably. an odd sometimes that it's performing that does it for people, right? Because if you're shy and awkward, you wouldn't think. But sometimes <laughs> those people, right, are like some of the weirdest, shyest people I know are performers, right? And something about them turns off when they get on, on stage or in front of people and, and are doing their thing. If you, you know, if you, I'm fine to, um, if I know my place, if like, oh, it's a, it's a Penny Black show or a Jason Ogden show or a Hustle Grade show. And tonight that your band is playing a set. I know that's what's expected of me. I go and do it. But if I'm at a party or something and somebody puts a guitar in front of me, it's like play some tunes. It's, like, it's I'm not, I'm not good. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the worst. Like I kind of have to, I kind of have to have the situation well-defined to be comfortable with it. I'm not just like cool with being put on the spot and, but yeah, so like. Music is good for people who are shy and awkward, I guess. <laughs> I'm a, a firm believer, and it's the older I get, the more musicians I meet, that you're tapping into something else. I don't know how to word it, but like you said, when you go on stage, something turn you turn off, something else turns on. Yeah, yeah. And then you can do your thing. Painters do that too sometimes, where right. it's like part of them just checks out, and they go into a zone, and then they're doing their thing. And then yeah, yeah. when they're done, they, they step back, switch flicks, and then... Exactly, yeah. You know, same so with uh, actors. Like, uh, yeah, I did some stuff at the theater company here over the years, and you meet people that are like, again, very, very shy, very awkward people. But then they get up into their role or the part that they're doing, and yeah, that switch goes right. And it's like, wow, these people. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, like they're definitely yeah. tapping into something <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. just beyond them, or maybe it's completely in them. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's kind of cool that I like the mystery. In a way, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
So your first actual gig then, was that like just you or did you have a, a band or project on the go? Or? So band I was in where we wrote music and kind of actually played our own thing was uh, it's probably like maybe the last year of high school. I hooked up with a couple of friends of mine, um, Andrew Earl, who I played with for many years in hospital grade and NFA. And uh, another guy named Sean O'Halloran, who was a really great songwriter and guitar player. I think he lives in Halifax now. But we had like we were like a three piece, and we uh, we wrote like kind of alternative folk songs. Sean was really into like the Cure, but all the stuff he wrote was very like kind of like the Cure and kind of. And I was really into REM at the time. Andrew was really into like more like kind of metal stuff. It was made an interesting combination. But but we did like this coffee house thing that used to happen in Hampton. I remember it was one of the first shows we played, and uh, yeah, we just played like. I think I played an acoustic, like a 12-string acoustic, and we had like an elect, like Andrew had a shitty like Sears bass with a little amp, and uh, we had like a drum kit, and I think we all just switched around and played different instruments for him. We played like four or five songs. I think it was the first thing we did. It was like it was a good reception because it was all like really like community-minded people in Hampton and parents and like everybody's super supportive. Like I remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And then it just sort of took off. Yeah. Then we. Yeah. We. I think we. We eventually got another member like a full-time drummer and played like an all-ages show at umb and that was a kind of like the first sort of big because a lot of people came in like all-ages shows were kind of really happened like a lot of people were involved in the punk scene like you know in the mm. independent sort of alternative scene at the time so whenever there was an all-ages show which was rare back then a lot of people came out I remember we did like a Dead Kennedys cover. I was kind of slowly getting more into like heavier stuff like punk and uh, metal myself then. So our sound was sort of changing. But yeah, that was the first show I remember. It was, and it was cool because it was like a kind of a big show. Yeah. 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 I remember back in the day, there were a lot of shows. Cause had, I don't know if it's, I haven't been there in a while, but they used to have like a really cool big stage at the back. Yeah, I do remember the stage there. Actually, I haven't been in there in years. Because I remember when you went in, when there wasn't something going on, they had like uh, these panels that came out in front of the stage. So you yeah. didn't even know it was there. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah. it was a really cool, and I think back back then when bands came through like that were on tour, like the Tea Party or whatever Canadian sort of rock yeah. band, like they used to play the Student Union building a lot. But uh, yeah, that sort of changed at some point, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen a number of bands there. Uh, Arm of the Earth, I think I've seen there. Uh, Ray of Statics played there one time. Yeah, I saw the the Misfits when they came through. Oh really? Yeah, I missed with, that one. Yeah, yeah, a couple of my friends went. Yeah, I think that was that might have been the last show I ever saw there on that stage. Because yeah. Dan Jones, when he used to do shows. Um, he did quite a few in that room, but not, I don't know if the stage was gone by there or not there, but he would just do it sort of in a corner, like move a bunch of tables out of the way. Yeah. 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 Troy, uh, Troy Chenier would occasionally do shows yeah, too yeah, and kind yeah. of just move stuff out of the way and yeah, be yeah. off to the side in the yeah. a little doorway nook thing that was there. And that, those were, that was a really, like, I think people have different ideas of the, the heyday or whatever. And actually now is like a heyday too, but I remember seeing like really good shows there, like, uh, Protest the Hero I saw there, uh, Q and Not You, like a Discord band from like DC, like really, yeah. some really amazing shows, yeah. Yeah, there was definitely a heyday. I think we're getting back to that now, like, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of shows now, it's totally different, but I remember like back in the day when you had like Ermine, the A-Tubes, yeah. um, just so many local bands, yeah. just, you know, just to name two, like I busted out, uh, it was the St. John's Finest that Chuck Teed put out, yeah, Barbecue yeah. Records a while ago, and I was like, oh shit, uh, there's a lot going on at that time. Like there was, yeah, and it was like uh, it was kind of peaking there, and then it kind of, as usual, kind of there was a valley, and and it's kind of ramped way up again in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah it definitely yeah. has. I don't know if it had as much of a community back then as it does now, because a lot of people, all the bands, kind of intermingle a lot 
more. I agree. It, yeah. it seems like yeah. at least I could be I, wrong. I, but... I agree. Yeah, I, I was saying that I was doing a, an interview with uh, Stephanie at the station here, and we were saying the same thing. Like I remember uh, when I moved uh, away for a few years, it was like it was kind of like there weren't a lot of new bands or whatever. There was a few just kind of starting. And then when I came back, like four years later, there was tons of bands. And not that wasn't the only thing. It was like when I started to go to shows and meet these people, they were all super, super cool and super like inclusive. And like it was, you know, everybody knew each other. And everybody like that. That wasn't the way it was back then. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah it's oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. And it's like it's cool for somebody like me who's kind of been at it a while to come back and, and be immersed in this and kind of learn something from these people that I didn't learn back then because everybody was kind of doing their own thing and like. Right. I, I don't know if it was competitive, but there was definitely kind of like cliques, especially way back when, you know, back in the day of that, that first punk show we played. Like it was kind of the older punks kind of looked down at you and like they, you weren't if you weren't crusty enough. It was a problem, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So but now it's not like that at all. It's like everything's it's like great, really inclusive. And like you go see a show at Taco Pica and you can see like folk band, you know, and then like a, a metal band. And like, yeah, yeah, it's just like a great sort of. It's, really it's like cool the last day of quality block party. Yeah. It's just like this eclectic yeah. diaspora yeah. of exactly, <laughs> bands, yeah. you know. It's, yeah, it's incredible. And it's like, it's so great. You know, I, I often say to people, like, there's so much going on. I can't keep up. I can't go to everything, which is a, oh, yeah. a cool problem to have, right? Yeah. 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 So, there's yeah. definitely a yeah. worse problems. I think it is and like totally like a kind of a, another heyday right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I have a 14 year old son who's just getting into the music like he's Right on. It reminds me of, I was probably a little bit older than him, though, and I started going to shows yeah. and probably would have been a band then. There was a bit of a heyday at that time. Again, that's when, like, the A-Tubes and Twist yeah. and Edge on Spiral and you yeah, know, yeah. so many bands were going back then. Yeah. And now it's kind of like that again, and it's cool to see him at that age because he always wants to go to all these yeah. shows. And yeah. Because of Taco Pica, he can check yeah, out the a lot all of ages, shows. Yeah, and that was, that was kind of sorely missing for a long time, the all-ages sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Because I remember back when I started playing, that's all we wanted to do. And, like, even when I became old enough to drink, we were still just playing all-ages shows for the longest time. And then it became impossible in St. John to find a place to do them so right. we started playing bars which was you know kind of weird at the start <laughs> yeah weird for weird because one we got paid which we never you know not a lot <laughs> but they were, the bars would actually pay you but it's weird to play punk music in a bar with that you know where the regulars are i mean i mean that still happens to us from time to time but there's also like people who kind of have a scene at a bar that they know what they're going to see and people come out you know like to to see well, you little me, or you know, like mm. yeah. Where along the line did um, Penny Blacks come into to, um, form? I've been playing in like you know punk bands or post punk bands for a long time, uh, and Hospital Grave was kind of going pretty strong. And uh, but I'd kind of like been writing more like mellow stuff, like sort of on my own in my bedroom, or whatever, and, and didn't really didn't it didn't fit with Hospital Grade, and I didn't really know what to do with it, so I just kind of been recording stuff, and it was piling up, and I think. Uh, our drummer Mike MacLoon was getting super busy. He's going to UMB in Fredericton, so we didn't see him a lot. And I just kind of had this extra time to kind of like sort of like explore this more mellow thing, right? And uh, Linda Pelche was doing shows at Elwood's back then. And I just one day I was like, listen, like if you ever, if you're putting on shows with, you know, because she's always doing like touring band stuff, there's a lot going on. So if you ever need an opener, like let me know and I'll, I'll bring my acoustic guitar or whatever and I'll come play. I think she gave me my first show under the name Penny Black's. Uh, at Callahan's, I think that was the first one. I might have, I might have even, might have just been me and played my strat. I think. Um, so that was the first show, and that's how it started. Yeah, I just kind of like 
wanted to keep busy and kind of maybe see what I could do with the the mellower stuff that I've been tinkering with. So is it more of an outlet for you to rock your own stuff or what you want to do at that time sort of thing as opposed to being more involved in like a collective of a band or or has it evolved maybe you know, Yeah, I mean then, at like, the time it was like this is like cool I can kind of do whatever weird mellow or even like bizarre or artsy stuff that I want and not have anybody else be like I don't like that bit I don't like you know it's just like I'll just go do it but then, yeah, over the years, it kind of like evolved into uh, like I met Clinton and Clinton was like a huge supporter who kind of like pushed me to do more with it and maybe get a couple other people involved. So I started jamming with other people and, you know, play with like uh, Dan Chamberlain and Ke- on keys and uh, Aaron uh, Howell on cello for a few shows. And then, you know, Clinton joined me for some shows. Different people would come and go. And I, you know, it was like at one time it was like eight people in the band. And then like the next show would be back to like just me. Uh, but then we settled on kind of like this four or five piece thing that we've been doing for a few years now. I still like to think of Penny Blacks as like I can throw anything at the wall and just just do it. And I do. But there, but there's still there's like it's it's a very slight filter, but there's there is a bit more of a filter because you have three, four other people involved when you're bringing a song to them. Right. Mm. Sometimes things do get vetoed or or changed, like, you know, just because they're they're bringing their input to it. And it's usually for the better when when those guys get their hands around it. So, but yeah, yeah. it all starts with me just doing whatever I feel like on my guitar in yeah. my bedroom or whatever. <laughs> yeah, still, it's still that in the beginning. Yeah, because I've seen you over the years, and almost every time I've seen you, it's been something different. Okay, like, that's interesting. Like I've seen you do. I think maybe there was like a Valentine's show I saw that was yeah, kind of like more classic rock. Yeah, with the twist kind of thing, and then yeah. I've seen just you under Penny Blacks. And, you know, but, and again, it's a different kind of rock feel to it. Yeah. Altogether. Yeah. Like, is it, the impression I got is that it was always sort of just this experimental thing. That is just whatever you felt like doing at that time. Not, yeah. not sticking to a rule or any sort. Yeah. And I think I said, like, I think that's still sort of the impetus, how, how I feel about it when I'm writing stuff or just playing around. Like, I don't throw anything out unless, you know, I don't like it. So, but it's, yeah, it's whatever whim or whatever I'm working on. It could be some weird, like, lo-fi thing, or it could be like more of like a full band kind of lush thing with strings and, and horns, right? You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of all over the map, whatever I... I feel like I want to try. Where you play in other projects too? Does that influence? Do you think? I mean, it must. I would think. Yeah, yeah. Like it's probably exposing you to more creative. Yeah, for sure. I don't know creative outlets of other people that. Yep. I would think. I mean, I learned a lot from uh, the guys I play with, like uh, Clinton and Adam and Chris. Especially like as a guitarist, I learned a lot from from those guys. And from Clinton, I learned a lot about when it comes to solo performing. I learned a lot from him, and I learned a lot about solo performance from watching and sort of gigging with Adam Maori as well. So yeah, I definitely, definitely learned from those guys. Yeah. And still learning, like, uh, I've been playing here and there with, uh, with Jeff Smith from Tooth and the Fang and Little You Little Me and, you know, learning stuff from that guy. So it's like, yeah, definitely. I don't think there's any way to avoid it. Like if you're, if you're out gigging with different people and trying different stuff, if you're not learning something, <laughs> maybe you're just not aware of it. Sometimes it just yeah, happens. I suppose. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't see it not rubbing off on yeah. you in some way. Yeah, I still like I still have a hard time with confidence and uh, nerves. I kind of take a lot away from watching somebody like Jeff play or or Clinton or Adam, who seem to me to be quite a, quite comfortable when they're they're always locked in and 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 they're great. I always find whenever I still to this day when I start a set or a show, I'm super nervous. I'm shaking. It, it might take me two or three songs to get over it, sort of thing. Right? Oh, yeah. I don't know if anybody notices, but that's the way I feel, right? Yeah. So I still, you know, even seeing somebody like uh, Jeff or uh, or Corey or Gavin, like watch those guys are just. 
But I suppose, I mean, when I played with hospital grade, it's easier because it's so loud and so, like, it covers everything up. So you feel, like, a little more comfortable, yeah. Right. And I definitely feel more comfortable also playing with the band environment in Penny Blacks. Like, if you have three, four other people on stage with you, definitely feel a little bit more relaxed. You got each other's back, right? Yeah. So it's mm. more the solo thing, I guess, that still still watching other people and envious of, of uh, how comfortable they seem to be. <laughs> I wonder if they feel the same. They probably do. But to <laughs> me, they look super like even uh, I just played uh, with with Aaron Muir and wrote last week. And again, she she started up and she just was locked in and like playing flawlessly and seemed super at home. And I just I just played right before. Her and I was thinking, man, like for my first three songs, I was I thought I was a wreck. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I missed that show. I wanted to go. It was a good show. She was, yeah, like she was in the zone. Yeah. yeah I don't think I've ever seen Rote or Aaron, like that was the best I'd ever seen her play. So Yeah, it's a really good EP. I picked it up. Yeah, so it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I've it's listened beautiful. to some of her older stuff too. Not as much as the newer. Like I just sort of skimmed through her catalog. Yeah, I really dug it. It's a great EP. Her and Corey did a great job. It sounds awesome. Especially, I love that last tune. So what about recording? Do you just sort of mess around with it differently every time? or It's kind of changed over the years. Back before, like, I had, like, my own sort of gear. And before, like, it was all so readily available on your computer or whatever, we used to have to go to studios and uh, pay people, which was always, like, you're always trying to get a deal or we never had money. We recorded uh, with Mark Goslin in his studio. That was before he moved all his gear to Atlantica. And we used to record with a guy who had a studio in his basement in Hammond River, Rob Levine. He just had like a four-track studio for a while, then he got an ADAT. So we did a lot of recording there over the years. And one time on tour, NFA did some recording at a studio in London that a friend of ours from here was working at. So yeah, over the, like when we, when we started, it was always studios, wherever we could get it cheap or free through friends. Like, mm. And then as I was able to start sort of accumulating my own gear, I started recording stuff at home, like my laptop, shitty mics, and doing like demos and sometimes things that were like meant to be albums or whatever. And that's kind of like what we've been doing Hospital Grade in Penny Blacks. We, we kind of, between everybody in the band, we had enough gear and enough knowledge, especially with Sean Boyer being in, in the band, like that we just were able to record at our jam space and like other, you know, we do all the bed tracks there with drums and then like wherever we could, like whether it was my apartment somebody's basement or even like my office like where i work we'd go record stuff there the the guitar tracks or vocals and stuff so we've been doing it kind of like piecemeal with with our friends and our own gear mm. for the most part because it's the most affordable you know oh, yeah. yeah and kind of save our money for mastering and like kind of touring and manufacturing the discs or whatever right, right. Yeah. it's the most functional way i think for a lot of people now to do it yeah yeah and it and just I, gets cheaper and cheaper and yeah more digital i guess as you go but yeah there's still something to be said for studios and and people who run them because they that's what they do and they like mark austin has a great ear and he really knows his gear and like awesome guy to record with but it just became like not financially feasible for us to record with um i think the that time we recorded with him we actually had a grant which was the only way we could afford it yeah and those grants are still available which is awesome and i think down the road maybe this next album we were kind of looking at trying to get into a studio and do it with somebody else just do it differently right and get right. somebody else involved so yeah it'd be cool to record with like cory bonnevy or uh, even like do something with mark again or but yeah that's something that we're kind of thinking about it and trying to figure out how we could do it yeah i'm curious about cory i reached out to him i want to get him to give me a run of his gear i'm really curious he's definitely got some great stuff there and like again another guy who has a great ear and like knows his gear right so yeah, yeah. 
Oh yeah, like yeah. his final product is always yeah sounds so great. Yeah, like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, for sure. And it's nice to like. It's kind of the other thing about the studio environment is it really locks you down into like you go in and you get it done. You know what I mean? And like yeah. get somebody else kind of running around doing pulling cables and mixing and turning things on and off. Because when we're doing it, oftentimes it's like okay, stop. And you know the drummer's got to come out behind the kit, go over and like stop yeah. the thing. And like, <laughs> you know that's the one thing about the studio environment is like got to have your shit together and you got to do it in a certain amount of time. Right. Which is, I think, is in a way is good and beneficial. That being said, I like how we've taken all the time we wanted to do our last penny, couple of Penny Blacks albums, right? To really get it to sound the way we want, make sure we get our parts right. If something like down the road, like a month later, you're working on recording, say, uh, Alley and Violin, and you're listening to the track lead recording, it's like, oh, that guitar, like, don't dig the tone. I'm just going to redo it. You know, it doesn't matter. I got all the time. Right, yeah. <laughs> So that's cool. But I think that sometimes we could benefit by the studio environment and the, the sort of like lockdown timeline too, just to see what it would be like, the end, the end result. Keep you focused. Yeah. yeah. And it would get, it'd take less than a year to make a record, which is like a goal. <laughs> the Long Lights album, the newest Penny Blacks, I was still living in Toronto for a lot of it. So I would kind of like put it on like Sean Boyer, who was helping us record it on his shoulders when I was away. But I'd come down like three or four times a year to, to play shows and stuff and wind up doing a lot of recording them and recording my own stuff in Toronto. But uh, yeah, like that album just creeped along. I mean, to be fair, it probably it was a lot to do with me living in another province, but Harbor, when I lived here, the album before, it didn't get done much quicker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brett Whitaker, who uh, was in NFA for a while and hospital grade for a while, he and I still play together from time to time. And uh, we had this project probably about eight or nine years ago where we were like, let's go up to the space, like the jam space, like on a Friday night and write and record an entire EP and mix it between Friday and Sunday night. Like it wasn't a band that it was just like, we got together, let's just do it. And uh, so we wrote like five tunes, lyrics, recorded it all mixed it sort of like put it out on the next week but yeah that was a cool experiment we always talk about doing that again because it was just i mean it's it's kind of it's messy and you can hear all the mistakes but it's also still kind of fun like yeah 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 Yeah, that would be a lot of fun yeah yeah it's cool it's like there's no pressure if you're just yeah we're just gonna hang out all weekend and see what happens yeah yeah it is it's a cool way to, to work for sure and it's like jamming with uh like pierre cormier from people visit he kind of hosts these like weird like jam sessions up at the jam space sometimes where he invites everybody you know and whoever shows up people just switch around and we jam all night it's it's awesome there's no pressure it's like and he records everything he often puts out under the like tire fire it's so much fun everybody's just kind of like just letting loose no pressure super fun and you go back and listen to some of those recordings and there's some really good stuff there like it's cool stuff and that i really like that environment too and that's something that you learn a lot from that it really gives you an opportunity to sort of like expand your sort of like your chops over it and learn about things right so and i like to work that way because i'm terrible at sitting at home and trying to teach myself to be better at things (laughs) yeah yeah so it's always funner to to jam with people she drop you for some flash in the pan hand to hand Endless bright moments and snapshots of worn skin The experiences weathered her more Than years themselves ever could have done While she lied to herself about About what it all meant And will she sift through them alone After perching her own tombstone An epitaph she left by telephone Just another day just another day to 
to herself about what it all meant it felt just fine the next mornings but how does it how does it how does it feel this year well how does it how does it feel this Steve from Podcast of the Universe, and when I'm not podcasting about awful or bizarre things, I'm listening to the Pagan Place podcast. I find that it repairs the spiritual damage that comes with doing a show like mine. 